Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts and the Apostle Peter's first sermon to the people of Israel on the day of Pentecost. Many of these people in the crowd were witnesses to the miracles of Jesus and his crucifixion. Peter's powerful sermon convicted them of their sin along with their complicity with the Jewish leaders. 3,000 who heard Peter's message repented and accepted Christ. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he continues with the narrative of Peter's sermon in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Jesus is Lord and Christ. I invite you please to join me at Acts chapter 2. Today we're going to look at the middle section of the record of the first evangelistic sermon preached after the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Peter is the preacher. I will try not to mess up what he said. I I was thinking this morning about what it must have been like when Peter preached. What a unique guy he was. He, even before, he was, a, he was the strongest personality among the 12 apostles. We know that. He's listed first in every list. He's, when the group was there, he was always the one that would speak out first, good or bad. And that was even before he had stumbled and fallen and the Lord had restored him. And now we get to see the spirit-filled version of Peter preach this. And I was just thinking, you know, who knows what it's going to be like when we get to heaven other than perfect and wonderful and glorious. But uh, I'd like to meet Peter. I'd like to spend a little bit of time with him. And I don't know how you perceive him. I remember, uh, you know, there's this popular TV series called The Chosen, where they are fictionalizing the, the, the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our elders did a, a, a recommendation on it, and we recommend don't use it, don't, don't view it. Um, it um, you know, th- there are many problems with it. I know I had heard a little bit about it, so I recorded one, one session, and um, I went and watched that one, uh, that one episode, and not five minutes into it, they inserted something that completely was fantasy totally wrong about Peter. I said, I'm, I'm done. I don't, I don't need that. We have the Bible, which is perfect, and everything we need for life and godliness. And uh, th- that series, you know, we, we recommended uh, just don't bother with it after season one. I think it's now in season three, and season two and season three have gotten progressively worse in fictionalizing things in the Bible. Uh, it's one thing to say, you know, here's what it might have looked like, and in Israel in the first century. It's quite something different to make up things that aren't true about people, to put words into uh, their mouths. And uh, the latest thing that I heard is that uh, the man who plays Jesus, the actor who plays Jesus, now I have some fundamental theological problems with doing that. I, I could never do that, and I don't think anyone should. But 
even granting grace if you're going to do that. The, the actor who plays Jesus has now produced a I know, podcast or some videos or something explaining how to use the chosen in order to become a better Roman Catholic. Okay? So that's blasphemy. You know, the, the Roman Catholic Church is the largest pseudo-Christian cult in the world. They, they stand in vocal, written, never-changing opposition to the gospel of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, uh, in Christ alone. The, the LDS Church recommends the chosen, and they will help you become better Mormons through the chosen. If the Mormons and the Catholics are recommending something, don't. Don't, don't go there. And that was, that was impromptu. We'll see if it makes the cut onto the recording that, uh, th- that goes online. But today we're going to look at what Peter actually said, the inspired, inerrant record of that. Now, as Jesus had repeatedly promised, the Holy Spirit arrived. That's at the beginning of Acts chapter 2. Jesus ascends in chapter 1. The, uh, the 120 believers that are gathered together uh, choose Matthias to replace Judas as the 12th uh, apostle. And then, gloriously, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells and fills those 120 who were gathered in Jerusalem at that time. The arrival of the Holy Spirit was accompanied by miracles. It started with this spectacular, deafening noise like a mighty rushing wind without any air moving. Uh, it was so loud it began to gather a crowd from the city who came to see what was going on. And then what would they see? Well, if they could see the people inside, there came a visual manifestation that looked like tongues of fire coming and resting on each of the 120. I picture one ball of flame and then there's tongues of fire splitting off of there and showing this was for every single one individually to receive the Holy Spirit. Then the third miracle, all 120 began speaking in languages they did not know, declaring the mighty deeds of God. At least 16 languages, which were the native or home languages or dialects of people who had traveled to Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost, were spoken on that day. And the ever-growing crowd was amazed and perplexed and asking one another, what does this mean? That's the very logical question. Something enormous is happening here. What does this mean? So the 12 apostles took their stand together, and guess who was the mouthpiece? It was Peter, of course. And Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 36 is Peter's sermon in reply to that question, what does this mean? We saw the beginning of it last time where Peter began by connecting this phenomenon of the Holy Spirit coming and the miracles associated with it. He connected that with the kingdom program of God, and he quoted a passage from Joel chapter 2. You'll find it in Joel 2, 28 through 32. Peter quoted it verbatim. When we do meet Peter, you'll find out he knows his Bible pretty well. And he he said, this is the next step in the program of God. That's in essence what he was saying. Now, our passage for today is the inspired record of the core of that sermon that Peter preached on that day. It summarizes the life, death, resurrection, and aftermath of Jesus's first coming. We're going to look at 16 verses in this powerful sermon that is tremendously logical. It leads you on a logical path to the truth that everyone must deal with. 
Now, don't be intimidated by an eight-point sermon outline. You'll be home for dinner, but I want you to see how tightly this is reasoned. Number one, Jesus lived. Number two, you nailed Him to a cross. Number three, God raised Him up again. Number four, David predicted the resurrection. Number five, David is still dead. Six, but Jesus is alive. Seven, He sent the Holy Spirit. Eight, therefore, know for certain Jesus is Lord and Christ. Now, last Lord's Day, we wrapped up with verses 22 and 23, but we need to overlap today. I want you to go back and look at them again. Point number one, Jesus lived. Peter begins his sermon in verse, or not begins the sermon, begins the body of the sermon in verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Now, that's just a, a way to announce this is really important. This, this is what you need to know. You want to know what's happening here? Here's the answer. Listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, the man you know as Jesus who came from the town of Nazareth, Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through Him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. So Peter is saying, what's going on here? It's all about Jesus. It's bringing you to be introduced to Jesus. And after he used Joel to show that this uh, amazing, mind-boggling splash of three miracles back to back to back signaled the next step in God's program, now Peter's going to focus in on Jesus. There is no way to enter the kingdom of God without coming through Jesus. As he put it, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me, John 14, 6. So you're going to have to see that it's because He is the one who died in your place so that you can have eternal life by believing and trusting in Him. It's all about Jesus. And His point is, Jesus was a real man. He lived a real life. Oh, it was different from every other life that's ever been lived, but He is God who took on human flesh. He lived a perfect, sinless life, and it was attested to you by many miracles. And Peter did not hesitate to say right there at the end of verse 22, just as you yourselves know, because most, if not all the people there that day had encountered Jesus during His ministry. He was all over Israel, spent most of his time in Galilee, but he came to Jerusalem several times. He ministered in Jerusalem and Judea. He ministered even down uh, further south south than that and over to the east toward the Decapolis and in Perea. And he even went up north of Galilee and he crossed the north side of the, uh, crossed the Jordan River up to the north as well. Very few people who were there that day had not met Jesus. And if they hadn't met him, they talked to somebody who did, who said, you wouldn't believe this. There were these lepers, and and they were healed. There was this guy who had been born blind, and Jesus gave him insight. There was this guy who had been crippled for three decades plus, and he jumped up and danced and praised God. This is Jesus, just as you yourselves know, this amazing man, Jesus, lived. Number two, you nailed him to a cross. Verse 23, this man... Delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, 
you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.